0: This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. And I saw somewhere where you have this goal to go cage diving with sharks. Like,
1: (laughs) Uh, well, the cage diving with sharks that kind of came from my Miss Sprint Cup days. They were kind of like, what's something that you want to eventually do? And you know, I love adrenaline.
0: No, I thought it was awesome because I'm I'm Florida and Turkey too. And I was like, oh, this is a great idea. Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fastlane Family presented by Wella Professionals. Salon care products that you can experience with your senses. Get high performance. You can see, touch, and sense. Welcome to Fastlane Family. I'm Tiff Daniels filling in for Kelly this week while she's out on vacation. We've got a great show for you today. One of my friends and a familiar face in the Cup Garage, former Miss Sprint Cup Kim Coon, is here. Also, stay tuned later in the show for our Wella Professionals tip of the week where we are going to learn from Wella how to deep condition your hair. Kim, who joined the MRN broadcast team prior to this season, is here in studio with us now. Hey, Kim, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. This is the first time, actually, I've been to GR Motorsports. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, welcome. Yes, thank you. Then it'll be the first time in the studio. What do yes, you think? Yes,
1: I love it. And
0: we actually don't have any fans in right now, but sometimes we get a little bit of oh. a view- viewing audience, so that's fun. Very cool. So, Kim... We're going to kind of start at the beginning and get your story here. So you're born and raised in Orlando and then went to school at University of Miami and double majored in broadcasting and religious studies
1: yes you did your homework so that's
0: kind of an interesting combination I know
1: everybody always says that's really weird like were you gonna be like a televangelist or something but the the story is my freshman year of college was the year after 9-11 and I knew that broadcasting or broadcast journalism was something I wanted to get into in um, Miami actually makes their comm students double major you have to choose a major in the comm school and then a major in the arts and sciences I guess as a backup like if your comm degree doesn't work out for you just to supplement it and so there weren't a lot of choices that I was interested in most of the stuff I liked was in the business school but I had to pick from arts and sciences and I took some religion courses and for me it felt very current events because it was a year after 9-11 and I just thought it was there were was good synergy between broadcast journalism and then religion and everything that was going on in that day and age. So that's kind of why I know it seems interesting, interesting, but there's, there's a thought process behind it and that, that was it. So
0: that makes sense. It does tie in a little bit more knowing that you have to pick something. Yeah. I had to pick something and then
1: current events was, you know, religions of the world and that, um, yeah.
0: So is your family still in Florida?
1: Yes. All my family is still in Orlando downtown Orlando though everybody says oh you're from Orlando like how's Disney do you go all the time <laughs> but I'm actually from I guess what you would consider like the historic part of Orlando for the people that are listening um I live downtown kind of near like Ivanhoe, where it's like all brick roads and again I, if there's a historic part of Orlando that's where I'm from but yeah they're all still there so it's nice when I go to Daytona because I'll always either go a week early or I'll stay a week late and visit with them while I'm down there
0: nice So what would be, like, the best thing about going home that maybe we don't have here in North Carolina?
1: Oh, goodness. That's hard. Well, my family. My family's not here, of course, (laughs) first and foremost. But actually, Charlotte's really comparable to Orlando. I tell a lot of people, you know, when they ask about my hometown, I say it's very similar in that it has, like, niche areas. Like, you know, there's a a version of Cornelius and Davidson and Concord and Dilworth and Nota all in Orlando. It has little niche areas. But probably... I don't know the lakes. There is There are lakes here, but in Orlando, it's like the city of lakes. My parents live on a lake, and I don't live on the lake here, so that's nice to have when I go home to see them is gotcha. that I'm right on the water, whereas here, you know, I have to either find a friend or make yeah. a trip up to Lake Norman or a trip down to Lake Wiley.
0: That's my favorite thing to try to do on the off weekends. Who do I know yeah, that is right? boat? <laughs> and I love
1: paddleboarding too, and so anytime I can be on the water because I grew up, you know— all around the lakes and and close to the ocean too so that's always nice to go home and be either right on the water having the lake in the backyard or you know 30 to 45 minutes away co- on either coast from the ocean
0: well and you're really active anyway so the paddle yeah, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> it's a good I can workout totally see that. <laughs> so then you got your master's at the university of alabama integrated marketing communications, which has been a big buzzword in NASCAR, I I feel like, the last few years. So what brought you to University of Alabama? How'd you pick going there?
1: Well, when I was finishing up my undergrad degree, I had a professor that said, you know, you'd be really great in a master's program, um, but I recommend you doing it somewhere else just to get a different experience and that sort of thing. And so at the end of school, at the end of University of Miami time, I had applied to grad schools. And Alabama was one that was on my radar because they have a really good communication school in the program I was in. The IMC program was actually very career oriented. So I think I applied to like Alabama, Georgia, UNC, and maybe Florida, uh, Florida State. I wouldn't have applied to Florida. (laughs) I don't like the Gators. No offense. Um, and then kind of, you know, sent all those applications off and kind of forgot about it cuz I moved home after I was done at Miami and I actually worked for Fox Sports Network Florida which was Sun nice. Sports um and kind of got in into a groove with that and then started hearing back from schools and had gotten to Alabama's program and they only let like 20 people in that program it's cuz it's like wow. a career driven uh program and they had offered me a scholarship too based on academics and test scores and it was like I had found a, a niche I had liked at Fox Sports Florida but that opportunity to go to Alabama was so good and it was going to be paid for and so I, I couldn't That's awesome. yeah I had to accept it and I don't regret it one bit for sure and yeah. Mike Davis
0: would be proud yes right roll <laughs> tide yeah <laughs> So with the Fox Sports connection, what exactly were you doing there and is that kind of what brought you up to Charlotte? I know you're also a cheerleader. Is that what brought you here?
1: Um, It was definitely not the cheerleading. That actually happened after I moved to Charlotte. Um, Really, I think it's a combination. You know, I had taken some seminars at University of Miami where um, they had NASCAR folks that had come down and they had talked about the opportunities in the business not just on the broadcasting side but the marketing side all the business stuff that sort of thing and that piqued my interest a little bit and then, obviously being in Orlando growing up so close to Daytona I'd been to some races but then when I was at Fox Sports Network Florida I actually part of my job was they used to have a show and maybe they still do called NASCAR Classics where they would playback like old races and I actually had to go through and cut down the races you know cut out all the commercials cut it down to make it you know fit within their time frame I don't remember you know it was an hour or a two hour show and they had to squeeze all the races down and so that kind of piqued my interest and because at the time speed was a fox entity you know this is back right. during the speed days you know, there were some jobs open in Charlotte that I was really interested in and actually applied for while I was with Fox Sports before I even went to Alabama. Um, And they ended up hiring local people for both the opportunities I had went after. And, you know, when I was done with grad school, I knew I didn't want to stay in Orlando. So I kind of was like, you know, that's been something that's kind of been on my radar, not that I had to work in motorsports. And so I had had friends that had lived in the Charlotte area and knew I loved the city. So it was just kind of like a I'm going to go there and see what happens and see if I can make this work. That's awesome. Yeah. So
0: before that, did you have any racing background or it was just kind of through college once you were exposed to it? Yeah, it was through college once
1: I was exposed to it. Um, You know, like I said, I was close to Daytona, but didn't really go to many races. And you know, my dad, his his racing experience, he he had friends that always went to Indy, so his was IndyCar, which is very different. Um, But I had some friends in college that were interested in NASCAR, that were fans, and so that kind of you know got me more understanding the sport and that sort of thing. And then once I moved to Charlotte, I actually didn't start off right away in motorsports, but had made friends and new friends that worked in the industry. And again, it was just something that eventually I knew I wanted to be in and things just you know happen the way they do and now I'm here
0: and so just because I think it's interesting when you're up here you're working for a PR firm mm-hmm. correct and then also we're a cheerleader for the Panthers our hometown yes. team which I think is awesome <laughs> yeah I moved here and
1: I didn't know many people I had a couple people I knew but not a ton and I needed a way to plug into the community and you know meet people and make friends and be part of Charlotte And it was probably maybe three months after I moved here that I had seen the tryouts and I danced in college, danced and cheered in college at Miami. And so I had missed that because I didn't do it at Alabama because grad school, you're so busy and the program there is shorter, that I didn't have the opportunity to get plugged in to that program. So I was like, "Eh, this maybe could be something I I might want to do. And I remember calling my mom on the way to auditions being like, this is silly, (laughs) <laughs> They're not going to want me. This is such a silly thing for me to do. And she's like, no, 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 just go. Like, if anything, you'll meet some girls, you know, during tryouts. And maybe, you know, you guys can make friends from there and that sort of thing. And so I ended up going just because she kind of, you know, che- cheered me on and um, got there. And I don't know if you're familiar with pro cheerleading, but the audition process <laughs> the audition process is like round after round after round, um, at least on the first day. And then after that, there's even more rounds. And so... You know, as the day go- went by, like, kept making round after round. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe this is going to work out. And then, <laughs> you know, the my year, the audition process ended up being, like, a month-long thing where we worked out with the team and in the locker room before we actually made the squad. And, you know, and I ended up making it. And it, I, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I did it for two years. And, and it, not it, just
0: making it, but you became a captain. I did.
1: I did. Uh, my first year, obviously, rookie season had such a great year. It was the year that um, – it was 2008, so Jake was still our quarterback. But it was the year that we won every single home game. And yep. we went to the playoffs, uh, lost to the Cardinals at home, which was, like, heartbreaking. Um, and then the next year, I guess I, you know, had showed myself as a leader. I don't know, because you're voted by, you know, your teammates and your coaches uh, became a captain, which was a totally different experience. Very cool, yeah. too. But Well, that's such yeah. a huge compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah. and. and, and so then, from there, did you go into the Miss Sprint Cup program, and and did you stop that about the same time you were starting the Miss Sprint Cup? Uh, it was about
1: the same. It was there was a year in between. So I was working full time for as the PR slash communication person, actually for an architecture and interior firms here in Charlotte, um, and doing that full time, and then cheering, and then after two years, kind of you know felt like that wasn't enough, um, and didn't cheer for a year. And so there was probably a year in between. And then I'd been at the architecture firm for a while and knew I wanted something different and had loved sports. And and you know, how did
0: you hear about the Miss Spring yeah. Cup opportunity? How do you even know, like, oh, that would be something yeah. that I should apply? People to. ask me
1: that all the time, and I don't remember the exact reason I was either looking for it or found out about it. I want to say I actually found out about it on social media, on Facebook or something like along the side, like the banner or something. It was like apply, yada yada, and I didn't even know. I was familiar with NASCAR, but I didn't actually even know what Miss Brent Cup did. And so I was like, "This is interesting." And I did a little more research and found that it wasn't just like trophy girl. Yeah, you're, like a lot you're of people, a lot of people with yeah, a trophy. <laughs> a lot of people still think that. Um, but you you had to have a college degree and you had to have communications experience and that sort of thing and public speaking. And I had done a lot of that actually through the Panthers, you know, where we were an extension of their community relations program. And I was like, this actually is a great mix of my education and kind of the stuff I've done with the Panthers and just stuff that I love. Um, and, on a whim, applied again. I feel like all the <laughs> things I do are like on a whim. I was like, eh, I'll
0: just And they apply. all take a lot of guts. It's <laughs> not like you're just <laughs> applying for um, a desk job somewhere. <laughs> These are all like big things. <laughs> yes, and applied on a whim. And
1: then they, I got a call to come in to interview, which is in an interview process. There's, It's actually one of the hardest interviews I've ever been in because there's the business side of Miss Sprint Cup and you have to sit down like any other job interview and talk with people about you know the business aspects and the marketing and they want to know if you you know can relate to people because you're really a a spokesperson for a fortune 500 company and then on the flip side there's what I would consider maybe a talent portion or just can you public speak and get a crowd going and that sort of thing um but yeah don't remember exactly how I found out about it I want to say it was like a just a Facebook banner that I was like, Oh, what is this really (laughs) random? Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then, so you were in Miss Sprint Cup for four seasons. And I think I read where you had been to more appearances than any other Miss Sprint Cup in history. Yeah. And so first of all, there's (laughs) been 11 and you did more appearances than anyone. Yeah, That's I did a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> oh,
1: I, thanks. Uh, I want to say I, I don't know what the count was, but at the time that I think that was written, the count was like over 600 or something ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. But they definitely keep you busy over there.
0: So what were... Go through like what a normal week was like. What are you doing... We kind of see what you're doing at the track, but maybe take us through a race weekend. And then what are some of these other appearances?
1: Well, it would start off, you know, I would fly into a market on a Thursday and maybe even earlier when I first started my first couple of years. Sometimes I would fly in as early as Monday or Tuesday to do media leading up to the event, Um, whether it was local news stations or live appearances or radio stations, just letting people know, you know hey, there's a race this weekend because, you know, we have our NASCAR, our core NASCAR fan base, but we're always looking for more fans. So that was part of our job. Um, so we'd do that and then was at track all weekend. So Friday would get there, you know, when the garage opened, you know, just as early as the crew yeah, guys. Sometime, yeah, <laughs> sometimes earlier. I, you know, I remember having to get at track as early as like 5 a.m. to do like a early morning TV hit, you know, for their morning show, which again starts at five or six. Um, And then we had the sprint experience, which is the mobile marketing display. So MC'd out there. um, Social media is a huge portion. I mean, that's like the main focus of that job. So would be in the garage and in the pits, getting pictures and just inside info. And then again, doing appearances around the track for different sponsors and that sort of thing. Driver interviews. And then it all kind of culminated into on Sunday, you know, victory lane was kind of the end of you know that work right. weekend and then would fly out monday but then during the week even in charlotte would sometimes have appearances if there was stuff at the hall of fame uh, we did the victory breakfast breakfast for the winner the race yeah. winners which was i always loved that that was really cool because you got to see you know all the people that worked on the race cars that don't get to travel right. celebrate with them and that's really special because you know, it, it's cool to watch on TV, you know, hey, that's the car I put on the track and it's, it's winning and you see, you know, your teammates getting, you know, champagne and hats and that sort of thing. But then, you know, for the guys that are sitting at home, you know, they don't get to experience that. So it was really cool to be able to go to the shop and say, you know, hey, great job, like, you are part of this, that sort of thing.
0: And I think for the casual fan, they probably wouldn't realize just how many people there are no, back at the shop. Probably not at all. four or five times as many as yeah. what travel every Yeah, weekend. for the
1: casual fan, I don't even think they realize how many people are, like, at the track. Right. Are, you know, they see the driver and maybe the crew chief, and they, it's kind of like I liken it to, you know, a football team. The quarterback usually tends to get the most attention, and the driver's kind of like the quarterback. But then there's, you know – an offense and a defense and then offensive coaches and defensive coaches and like all the stuff behind the scenes.
0: So I remember just from our, my days on the Lowe's account, we had you out to MC some of our appearances Um, on a normal weekend. Are you doing that for different sponsors and just trying to schedule all of those on, on a race weekend?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would have, you know, anywhere from, I don't know, three to five of those type appearances where it was a sponsor like Lowe's or somebody else, um, that said, you know, Hey, we're bringing Jimmy out to talk to our guests this weekend. Can you ask him questions, interview him? Um, or the track a lot of times would have stuff too. just, I know Daytona is a big one where they have that big fan zone and they've got drivers cycling through all day long and always need somebody to MC. So that was a big part of, um, a sprint cup too. So yeah, any, you know, half a dozen at most probably throughout the weekend of, outside of all the emceeing I would be doing at the Sprint Experience.
0: And there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, you've got to know a lot about the sport to be able to jump in and just interview any driver that they are throwing in front of you for For the weekend. For
1: sure, for sure. Lucky, as in a Sprint Cup, I kind of knew going into the weekend, these are going to be your interviews, like bam, bam, bam. So I could go in and kind of study, and I would know the main storylines, but focus on those drivers, whereas now with MRN, it's kind of like – you have to know everything. right? Yeah.
0: What? Who would you say from ev- even the MRN, so from your Sprint Cup experience or the MRN stuff, who are the easiest drivers to interview?
1: Hmm. I always use this example because he's the easiest and the hardest, and that's Clint Boyer. He's <laughs> the easiest guy to interview because he will talk and talk and Absolutely. talk and talk. He's the most <laughs> difficult because... He will talk about anything, even in what you don't ask him about. And yep. you kind of have to kind of wrangle him and lasso him back in because he'll get off on like tangents that you weren't, didn't even start on. You're like, how did we get here? So he's one of the easier ones. All the guys are pretty great. And also it de- kind of depends on how they're doing on the track that right. weekend. <laughs> it, a lot of it has to do with mood and you always want a driver if, if you know you're going to be interviewing them or not um, to hopefully have had a good run on the track or their car's good that weekend um, because you know, when they, when they aren't running well, it's not as pleasant to interview them. Definitely. <laughs>
0: From the um, PR rep standpoint, yeah. I see that plenty after the race, you know, like, Oh, yeah. should probably keep yeah. a good few feet of distance away. This is not going to be the best time yeah, to no. talk to the driver.
1: Yeah. I feel for you on those,
0: <laughs> but for the most part, our, drivers are pretty good at maintaining their composure. So I will say we work with some awesome drivers. Yes, we do. What were some of the biggest events, maybe not specifically just racing or at the racetrack that you've been a part of that you were like, Oh, this is really cool. Like that was such a fun event.
1: Um, I got to do a lot of events that were related to NASCAR, but had other elements. For example, last year in Chicago, I got to introduce Grace Potter and the Nocturnals Oh, nice! on stage, which is if you that's listen awesome. to her. Yeah, yeah I love her. <laughs> and she was the coolest, like the nicest human ever. Um, but stuff like that where, you know, it was maybe related in a sense because we had brought her for a NASCAR event. But she's totally like, you know.
0: Yeah, like a, like a rock star. Country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's
1: very cool. But really my favorite moments were always victory lane. And I, I know you asked like stuff outside of yeah. racing too, but those to me, like if I look back at my time as Miss Sprint cup, yep. it's cause we're right there. Um, we have access or I had access that, you know, a lot of people don't get. So looking back, like my very first victory lane ever was with Trevor Bain when he won the Daytona 500. Oh, wow. And it's like <laughs> that I started off with a bang, you know, that's history in the making. And then, you know, last year I didn't realize it at the time, but my last Daytona 500 Victory Lane as Miss Sprint Cup was with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And that's so cool. And one of my very favorites was Jeff Gordon winning the Brickyard um, because his kids were there and you just, you saw the excitement and the happiness. So, you know, even though I've gotten to do a lot of things off the track that were cool as Miss Sprint Cup, my, still my favorite is going back to Victory Lane because there's nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: it's awesome. And then going the other direction with this question what are some of the hardest things that maybe people looking at it from the outside wouldn't realize like this is a really tough part of the job
1: i think the hours um you know people see us in victory lane and they think oh you know they're just there for that um but during my time like i said i had to get there when the garage opened and i was there you know all day doing stuff and sometimes earlier than the garage opened um so i think it's just the hours and kind of the the grind of that schedule you know leaving on Thursday and not getting home till Monday and then leaving again that next Thursday it's just that was probably the most challenging part and then just knowing about the sport in general um, you know because we did so much in terms of promoting it going to different media sources that you never knew what they were going to ask you (laughs) you know they might ask you know who's fun to interview or what's it like in victory lane but sometimes they would ask you about the sport and so you would have to know you know what was going on the storylines that sort of thing
0: yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. even really know how you fully prepare for that. Just hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, especially if you
1: get like a radio shock jack that's trying to like stick it to yeah. you and get those, those are always challenging. Yeah.
0: And I remember the times that I felt sorry just seeing y'all would be like when the weather was bad. So if it was really oh, yeah. cold or really hot or raining, yeah. And like we could pile jackets on or whatever it was, you know, and it doesn't matter what our hair looks like. And you guys have to be out there in your fire suits no matter what the temperature Mm -hmm. is looking perfect all the time and I just remember thinking man that is rough.
1: no it was and the thing is like and I use this example because I love this story I remember one of my first races my grandmother was watching victory lane and she was like she called me after and she's like I saw you in victory lane but they didn't show your face like the scroll was across <laughs> your face and I was like grandma could you see like the sprint logo and she was like well yeah and I was like that's all that's that matters a, yeah. and <laughs> that so that, totally in terms counts. of like temperature wise people are like uh, oh it must be great to be in the fire suit and I'm like it is, it's nice it's this very special thing but you know I'm a walking billboard and right. so I can't have a jacket I can't right. when it's hot I can't take it off like I have to wait when yeah. we're in like the middle of July Daytona it's like 99 and, yes. degrees and, and humid, humid. <laughs> yeah I have to keep it on and then unless it's like snowing I can't I wasn't yeah. allowed to wear a jacket so Ugh. yeah Ugh.
0: I, I don't know why that just <laughs> stuck out as one of the times that I was like oh I'm it's so very glad yeah yeah very to. difficult sometimes <laughs> What about um, fan interaction? Have you gotten any crazy, wild requests from fans? I'm sure you've gotten plenty of, like, marriage yeah, proposals. Yeah, I've gotten <laughs> those.
1: I've gotten the marriage proposals, which are like, ha maybe taking me on a first date first. <laughs> yeah. um, crazy. I've had signed babies, which I don't <laughs> like to do. And I know the drivers say the same thing. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, to sign a baby that's really weird is, any it, yeah. any body part you have to sign even if it's like an arm it's like what like why right what are you, are you gonna
0: do with it? it like why sure. do you want
1: <laughs> yeah uh, my favorite is though when they bring you like a lot of times a fan will bring multiple pictures and I'll sign one and I'll be like where do you want me to sign the other and they're like no it's for you which is such a kind gesture yeah. but it's like
0: But what are you going to do with it? It's a picture of myself. (laughs) I
1: always love that, though. Like, very thoughtful hanging on your walls. Yes, very, very, very thoughtful, and I appreciate it. And I do have, like, a stack of them that I've been given over the years, but it's always kind of funny because I'm like, well, don't you want it? Like, you
0: know. (laughs) And then kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum, was there anybody that you got to meet? I know you mentioned Grace Potter, Mm -hmm. but, like, anyone that you were like, oh, this is really cool that I'm getting a chance to meet this person or – like having a fangirl moment.
1: Um, it's weird. I don't fangirl out too much. Um, I I see celebrities as like yes. us, like they're us. Um, which but they it, are. Yeah, which they are, but just a different lifestyle. Yeah, and I think actually that's helped me do do my job, um, or be able to do it because I, f- I feel like if you're too much of a fan of anything, then you could get tripped up in yep. interviewing you lose them. Lose some or of that professionalism. Some, yeah. Um. So I'm thankful that for some reason I've just uh, been that way as long as i can remember but it's still very cool to meet some of the people we get to meet and i know last year at the banquet um probably got the most excited to meet lenny and macy the two little girls from nashville um and i don't even watch nashville that much but i like their music they're very talented um but they were like the sweetest most down-to-earth girls um you would you know sometimes you worry because they're still very young and they've had so much success that they're going to be you know Snotty yeah, or that sort that of it thing. It all got into their head. Yeah, yeah. I've gone to their head not at all, and that's just a testament to how you know good of a job that their parents have done. But they were the sweetest. That's awesome. So it was really cool to meet them. Um, who else? Grace Potter was cool. I've gotten to meet some of the, like the Vegas acts, like the actual oh, like yeah. acrobats, which was that's some awesome. of the circ shows. Yeah, um, when we've been out in Vegas for either the race or for Champions Week, um, which that's just cool because. You know, even though I can't say, you know, (laughs) so-and-so's name because they're not, you know, known by that, but they do such cool things that that for me was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So from the entire Miss Sprint Cup experience, what would you say was your like takeaway overall feeling, you know, great experience, great way to get into the sport?
1: I would say both. It was a great experience. You know, I wouldn't trade some of the stuff I got to do and the experiences I got to have and be a part of for anything. Um, and then it was a great way to get into the sport. I wouldn't, you know, have the job I have now with MRN if it weren't for all the stuff I got to do with the Sprint Cup. Um, and even if I hadn't gone on to, you know, join the MRN team, my resume now is so full of different things just because, you know, we did live events and we did TV and we did radio stuff and social media and everything down, even had a hand on some of the marketing things like the behind the scenes things. So just as a resume builder, that was something I could have never imagined I would have had gotten the opportunity to do. Um, and I'm better for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a ton of hands-on experience and a lot of different things. So then how did the opportunity with MRN come about?
1: Well, I was actually on board to do Miss Spread Cup again this year. Um, but got a call from someone over at MRN, you know, it was January. Um, and they were looking to kind of diversify their lineup and, They had seen what I'd done with Miss Sprint Cup and wanted a female voice and a younger voice and thought I was kind of the one that fit the bill for what they were looking for and brought me in and interviewed me, and now here I am.
0: And you're talking about diversifying their lineup. So, I mean, in some ways, there are some people that have been there a long time, and it could be a little bit of, you know, like the... Boys Club. Yeah. And I know our um, usual producer, Amanda Wolfmeyer, also came from MRN and uh-huh. she said, you know, it could be tough sometimes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of guys with a lot of experience and, you know, you've got to get them to warm up to you. Yeah. How is that? Been like for you, or have you had it, any stories coming <laughs> from that as you started?
1: They've been great, and maybe maybe Amanda warmed them up for me. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but they've been really helpful and really great. Um, but I will say it is challenging for me. Nothing that they do, but in my head, you know, I listen to you know all of the talent that that's there, that's been there forever, and kind of sometimes get discouraged just thinking about myself, and then I, I have to like take a step back and. You know, realize that these guys, some of them, have been doing what they're doing longer than I've been alive. Right. Um, and there's a quote that I kind of live by, just in general, everything. Comparisons, the thief of joy. Uh, so I can't, I, I can't compare myself in terms of how I do my job to how they do their job, their job, just because they've had so much more experience than I have. And so I kind of again have to take a step back and say well, I'm going to use this to learn and make myself better. Um, So, which is what I've kind of been doing. And, you know, I've learned so much, even in the short time I've been there so far, you know, six months. And then I've got so much more to learn, which I'm excited about room to grow and that sort of thing. But in general, they've been great. uh, So helpful. I've learned so much from all of them and I get along with everybody pretty much. It doesn't matter girls or guys. So in terms of like boys club, I kind of feel like I fit right in. I don't know. You have to ask them to see. They might have
0: a different answer. So have any of them kind of stepped up into like a mentor role with you or what? Have you gotten a piece of advice that you were like, this is so helpful?
1: Um, Alex Hayden's really good. He's, first of all, really good at his job, but he's always, you know, if I have a question or need to know something, even whether it's, you know, about what I'm doing, the broadcasting side of it or what they're doing on the cars because he's so knowledgeable uh he's uh, he's been great and then postman um is the biggest <laughs> cheerleader so he has That's such awesome. a positive attitude and i anyone at the track that sees him knows that because he just like beams yep. um everybody's been helpful but the, the those two have been really great
0: and so your role specifically I know you're a pit reporter for um the cup days. Mm-hmm. Then social media stuff too, is that mm-hmm. right? And it, is there anything else that I'm leaving <laughs> out? Because I feel like there's so many things you could be doing. <laughs> um, so
1: I do pit reporting during practices and qualifying um, and then I sit down one on one with the driver each week, and that plays during our pre pre race show, NASCAR Live. And then during the race, actually, is when I handle more social media. So I'm still down in the pits, gotcha. and they'll you know they'll throw to me. But it's usually more for you know a social media update or what they're fans talking about or that sort of thing. And then all weekend long, I'm doing social media. So even when I'm on the broadcast for Practice or qualifying, I'm still there tweeting, and some sometimes it's a yeah, lot of balance. Lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and then if there's ever a companion race, so I'm primarily sprint cup, but you know if we have a weekend where the other series there, Xfinity or Camping World Truck, um, I'll do the races to Just social media stuff.
0: Cool. Yeah, and then you mentioned Steve and Alex. There's a lot of characters yes. on that announcing team, so. Have there been any just funny stories from this year, like anything that's happened, gone out to dinner and somebody was being goofy or I don't know. I can't. Oh I goodness. can only imagine. Yeah, there's so
1: many <laughs> characters. I think every weekend is a different, you know, story <laughs> in itself on in terms of what goes on. Eli's got a lot of great stories. Um, Eli Gold. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I love him because. I knew him beforehand just as the voice, the of, voice the of Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> the voice of the Crimson Tide. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is just hear him tell stories from like way back in the day because he has so many good ones, not just from NASCAR, from sports in general. Right. Yeah, so he's he's got a lot of good ones. But we're always laughing on that truck, That's awesome. whether we're making fun of somebody or talking about a funny story, that sort of thing.
0: So then from here... Do you plan on staying in broadcasting as a career? Where do you kind of see yourself developing? Because you're clearly not afraid to take <laughs> on new challenges. <laughs> um,
1: I think I want to stay in broadcasting. I really love it. And I think it challenges me the most. Um, sometimes I get a hankering to be like, well, I really like to be behind the scenes doing something, whether it's producing or, you know, even back on the PR side, you know, because my I have a PR marketing background. So sometimes I get kind of an itch to do that. But again, I think that I in the most challenged when I'm doing broadcasting stuff. Um, so I'd like to stay in this position for a while and then, you know, maybe at some point do some more TV stuff. I got a, a little taste of that as Miss Sprint Cup and I like that too. But I actually would say that radio I find more challenging, which a lot of people are surprised. But I got to do live events as Miss Sprint Cup and then I did some TV stuff. The radio stuff I did as Miss Sprint Cup, though, was more me being interviewed, right. not me doing the interviewing and painting the picture. And so radio has been more challenging in the sense that, you know, I come from a live events background or a TV background where everybody there at a live event is seeing what you're saying. They've got energy, your energy is bouncing off them. You know, it's a whole different experience and the same sort of with TV, TV, at least they're seeing what you're saying. Right. But radio is a whole different ball game, you know, and I forget sometimes that the stuff I'm describing, people aren't here, you know. Even if I'm tweeting a picture of what I'm talking about, they don't get a good sense of what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling in the atmosphere unless I'm describing it for them. And so that's been a challenge for me, just getting into the rhythm of being as descriptive as I can. And for me, that's what makes radio so challenging. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. And I think I would
0: forget all the time that I, I forget. To be I forget all the time again, cause detail. I'm so used to
1: live events <laughs> or TV where, you know, I'm pumping up a crowd or that sort of thing. And they're just as energetic as I am and seeing what I'm seeing. And so sometimes I find myself like after I've given a report on the radio, I'm like, darn it, I should have said <laughs> this, this, and this. And been more descriptive or said what color this was
0: I don't know and do you go back and listen to a lot of your broadcasts and kind of say oh I should have done this or that uh yeah I do I usually do that like right
1: after right after I'll sit there and I will pick myself apart you know, for the rest of the day or the rest of the weekend, like, man, I should have said this or this or this, which I think is good. And I'm sure there's some balance. Care, with yeah. That. <laughs> which is good. It means I, and you know, I care about what I'm doing and I yep. care about, you know, the product I'm giving people. Uh, I do, I will listen to air checks, go back and listen to, you know, an interview or that sort of thing. But I have to say it's really difficult. I, I don't like listening to myself and I don't, or in same with TV when I used to do stuff, um, with TV stuff, I don't like watching myself. Yeah. And I think everybody's kind of like that though. So too. It's <laughs> very hard.
0: It really is. And you realize that things that may have not seemed really that big of a deal because you're yeah. just caught up in the moment and going yeah. through and you go back and listen and you're like, wow, I sounded a little bit awkward. Yeah. There. That's it's the things good. that you didn't think were a
1: big deal <laughs> that ended up sounding really awkward or I don't want to say bad, just not right. Right. And then things that, y- that I focused so much on like, oh my gosh, that was awful. Or I could have done that better. Or, so awkward. They're like, it's it doesn't fine. Come up. Yeah, yeah. It's not that
0: big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So getting away from work life a little bit, um, I know you're like into renovating your house and painting, and then I saw somewhere where you have this goal to go cage diving with sharks. Like, d- describe <laughs> what you do when you're away from the track. <laughs> uh,
1: well, the cage diving with sharks that kind of came from my Miss Sprint Cup days. They were kind of like what are what's something that you want to eventually do and you know I love adrenaline pumping activities I got to go skydiving and you know ride-alongs all these different activities and for some reason I've always been interested in sharks. It sounds silly, yeah. but no, I thought it was yeah. awesome. Cause and I'm from an Florida. and yeah. junkie too.
0: And yeah. I was like, Oh, this is yeah, a I great idea. <laughs> and
1: I'm like, that's just something that I've always wanted to do that. I haven't gotten to do. Um, so it's still on my list. I haven't checked it off yet, but hopefully one day, um, and I think I could only do a cage. I don't think, yeah. cause you can do it where without right. the cage, which to me, I mean, that's like, it's a little risky. It's a little risky. Yeah. I, 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 w- I would like the cage, but, um, Yeah, and then the home renovation stuff, that's just something that I love to do. Love it.
0: And I also really think of you as being this, like, super health food fanatic. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) but so every time that we have a girls' night, I uh, just remember you talking about, like, whatever you're working on cooking and half the ingredients, I have no idea really what you're talking (laughs) about. And most of the time I consider myself to be a pretty healthy eater other than, you know, my weakness is, are things like Chick Fil A, yeah, well, and that will never go away. At least Chick
1: Fil A is like on the healthier right. end. Right, you that. can so make that healthy. You can. Not that
0: I necessarily do no, when I go there. you but always you have can to get waffle try. fries. But I saw something on your Instagram the other day, and it was like this bowl of green spinach <laughs> something, and then there were hard boiled eggs with peanut butter on them, and I was like, this just I don't even know what's happening or like how to ask a question about this. I got a lot of grief for that one. (laughs)
1: People were like, what the heck? Um, So I like smoothie bowls a lot and I've been drinking green smoothies. I want, and this sounds stupid, but before they were like, in Before that thing. To, and they're yeah. totally a thing now. They're totally a thing now, <laughs> but for like the last eight years, my older sister originally got me into it. But I'm like super healthy. I just feel better when I eat healthy. And I actually think smoothies are a great way, you know, to get. All of the healthy stuff in one thing, in one package that doesn't taste as bad as it looks. Like yeah. you see this green <laughs> bowl of stuff and you're like, oh. But really, you put in fruit and you cut it with like citrus and you can't even taste the green stuff. Um, and again, I just feel so much better because I work out like a ton. Yeah. And if I am eating bad, whether it's fast food or just like junk i don't feel like my workouts are as good and i just don't feel like i'm as happy so a lot of the healthy eating comes from not only wanting to be healthy but wanting to be feel happy and and just better about the things i'm putting in my body i, I do so much research though yeah. like i've read every i was going to ask like how I've read do you come up with some of i've these. read every possible you know health slash nutrition book there's out there um, and then the peanut butter egg thing I don't know where I got that, but obviously the eggs were for the protein. Yeah. And then peanut butter, you need some healthy fats. And if you haven't and tried it, you just need to, you need to
0: try it. I'll, I'll try you it. You need to try it and i mean, let me know. I mean, those are two easy things that I can yes. do.
1: And I wouldn't suggest like, doing like an over easy egg with peanut butter yeah do like a hard-boiled egg with peanut butter and then you tell me because i think it tastes great okay
0: i mean i like peanut butter yeah you know peanut butter makes celery good so yeah it make, and be- i but- like hard eggs everything i good. Know about together if
1: think you think about it though eggs are in a lot of like sweet
0: things That's true. they're cooked That's in true. okay well I'll, I'll give it. You try it and then and you like let let yeah. if you don't like it then I
1: apologize.
0: <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else that you do in your downtime, like what's it when what's your travel schedule like now? Mm-hmm. And then when you're home, what are you what are you up to? Now
1: um I leave like Thursday afternoon and then I'll fly back right after the race, which is nice. So I get a little bit more downtime than I did as Miss Spark yep. Cup. Um but again, you know, health and nutrition big pastime I'm so I'm always trying out recipes and testing out new things. Not all of them healthy. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll do, you know, the really really decadent banana bread or that sort of thing. Oh, just like stuff. No, better. I I I have a balance. A little bit of everything in moderation. Um and then again, home renovation stuff. I like to redo furniture and just try different things with my house. I'm always changing, you know, paint colors like painting the walls just doing different things rearranging furniture
0: um where did that come from because see to me any kind of i think of house renovating as like a chore when i am really off, that is not what i want to <laughs> be doing well and i'm not very good yeah at it, maybe so. it, came, it <laughs> maybe probably came <laughs> partially
1: from my dad because there was always some project going on still to this day there was nice. always some sort of construction project or something going on in my house and then i think some of that is there's like a creative side to it in terms of like the redoing furniture. And actually I was, I took art. People don't know this, but art from like age, like eight to like 20, like studio art, like painting, like oil on canvas. And I don't ever do that anymore. It's been forever since I picked up a paintbrush and like paint on a canvas. So I think, you know, the, at least in like the redoing the furniture and that sort of thing, that's kind of a creative outlet since I don't get to do, you know, the kind of painting that I did forever and ever. And then what else do I, I'm a big movie buff. I'm oh, I always, I go and I go to the movies by myself too, all the time, which people don't get. Which people think is
0: weird, but I'm I'm good with doing stuff by myself too. It really doesn't bother me. Because first of all, the, during the week is
1: like my weekend. Right. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even though, you know, if you're a regular nine to fiver, that's your work week. Well, that's my weekend. So I'll go in the middle of the day with your
0: friend's schedule. Exactly. That's one.
1: And then if I'm in a movie, I'm not talking to anybody anyway, Right. (laughs) but I I try and see, you know, at least if there's stuff out as many movies as I can while I'm home. And then I read a lot. I'm kind of, kind of dorky, but I have shelves and shelves full of books. I think it was two years ago. My New Year's resolution was to read 55 and I was like just short of it. I think I hit like 50 or 52 for the year, but love to read.
0: That's impressive. So what would be favorite movie and favorite book or or maybe recent favorite movie? Yeah.
1: Movie's hard because it changes so many. Probably Jurassic Park. It's, all, it's nice. always the one that, and I, I geek out on dinosaurs, uh, it's always the one that's on TV that I can never turn. You know, there's always one movie, <laughs> yep. which is funny because I own the box set of all three Jurassic Park. Yeah, you could watch but it, you want it But it's always better. It's like hearing a right. song on the radio when you have it on your MP3 player. <laughs> it's always better either on the radio or in this case, like if you see it on TV, even though it's sitting on my shelf, it's always better. But that's the one movie where people ask like, (laughs) can you never turn? And if it was on every day, I would watch it every day. And so I'm really excited because Jurassic World comes out this week with Chris Pratt. So that's kind of, I've marked that on my calendar again. Super, (laughs) super geeky. Um, And then favorite book. I don't know if I have one. The Giver was my favorite for a really long time growing up. I don't know if it still is think it just changes I like nonfiction a lot because yeah. if I'm going to be reading I like to be learning something um but actually the last book I read was a fiction it was uh I read Paper Towns by John Green oh, yeah. which I didn't he was the one that wrote Fault in Our Stars and I didn't read that the reason I read Paper Towns is because he went to my high school for a hot second and that oh, nice. book is based in Orlando but like the Orlando I grew up in. Very so good. I was like, this will be cool because it'll be kind of like reliving all my... So did you recognize a lot, I of, did. References yeah, it's a lot of references? Yes. A lot of references too that if you didn't live there, you probably wouldn't yeah. get. Which is still really a good book if you didn't live yeah. there. But it was cool to read and be like, oh, like, that's where I grew up and I went there and, you know, I can still go. I know exactly where that is. And yeah. Nice. So it was I need fun. to put that on my list because I it really was liked Vault in Our Stars. It was, it was good. good. So. It was really good. I think the movie, they made a movie for that one too. Yeah. So, you should read it and then let me know what you think of it. But, yeah, yeah, I read a ton. I'm always, if you have any book recommendations, I'm always taking them. Okay.
0: Me too, usually. But I don't read as much nonfiction. Really? Although, Heath told me about Unbroken, and so I read that. And it was I have that. Fantastic.
1: Somebody, this is actually funny, a, a guest slash fan um, gave me that book during Texas Race Weekend two or three years ago, before the movie ever came out, before the book was, like, on any yeah you know must read list and i was and it's a big book and it it is and i was like ah, oh, and i put it off and i still put it off it's still sitting yeah. on my shelf so it's on my list to read i just haven't gotten to it but
0: it took me a minute to get into it but then i mean it is just amazing the things that this guy has lived through okay it was yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's worth motivating
1: me because i'm i'm i was gonna go out and buy a new book but i might because yeah. there's a, a few on my shelf i haven't read and that's one of them so maybe I should start. And that I one.
0: learned a lot that I did not know about, about Horses? World like, War Two. Oh, okay. And and like the Pacific side okay. of that. So it was okay. interesting. Yeah. Also, this is going in a completely different direction. <laughs> um, fun fact: I did not realize this until I was looking up your bio for the show. You were on The Bachelor.
1: Oh yes, I was like, "Where are you going with this?" What's it <laughs> yeah, be? yeah, yes, Uh-oh.
0: yes. Um, I was.
1: Which How is really... in
0: the world? Why? What? Yeah. <laughs>
1: which people who know me are like, "Why?" Because it's not like if if you really know me, that's not. Not my yeah. cup of tea. Like not something that you would probably guess I would ever want to do or do. But my sisters, this was this was right after I cheered. So the year in between Okay. when I finished cheering and I and was in a Sprint her. Cup. Mm-hmm. My sisters thought it was funny to nominate me to be on the show. <laughs> um, so they wrote up this whole like, I don't know, essay or whatever yeah. and submitted it and then told me after that they submitted and they're like we submitted you for the bachelor I was like haha they're like no really we did and we need you to make a video and I was like no I am absolutely (laughs) not doing that that's funny that you submitted I am not making any sort of video it's like they want me to have a video they can call they can call because I'm not gonna right I'm not gonna actually submit myself to this sort of thing (laughs) and then about a month later they called (laughs) and they were like hey we got you know." This nomination and we think you know you're really interesting I don't know why but we'd really be interested in you making a video and at that point it was like my sisters were so excited yeah that, that you had I didn't want to let them down and so I was like fine so then I submitted a video thinking like nothing would yeah. happen of it and then like a few weeks after that they're like we'd like to bring out to LA and meet you in person and get to know you a little bit better and so I did that and then they wanted me on the show. And at that point, it had escalated so much. And my sisters were so excited. And I hate disappointing yeah. people. I was like, fine. And so I just thought of it more as like a, a cool An opportunity. Yeah, mm-hmm. to live somewhere else for a short period of time or, you know, travel a little bit, meet people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, and I actually still... In, in friends with a few of the girls that were on the show with me. Um, and just, well, to,
0: and, you, and you were on Emily's season. Yeah, right? So Emily so who has the, you know, Hendrick. Yeah. That,
1: that was really helpful. I think to both of us when we got there, they usually don't pick two girls from the same city. Right. And for whatever reason, um, they liked us both enough that they, had brought us both out to be on the show. Um, and, and, in learning where people were from and there were other connections that ended up being weird to some other, the other girls too, just some random ones. Um, but in, when we found out we both lived in Charlotte and then started talking at that point, I had, um, I wasn't working in racing, but I was dating somebody in racing. And so we had a lot of similar connections. We didn't know each other at right. the time. It, it it was kind of like a little piece of home yeah. in a very foreign environment. Over that. <laughs> so it was, it was helpful because they take away everything. They take away, you know, contact from Goodness. with your family, your cell phone, your TV, your computer, everything. And so to have like a little piece of Charlotte there with me was so helpful. But um, the the interesting thing, though, is I was only on the show for like weeks or something. I don't know how many episodes that equated to. Yeah. I didn't, ap- apparently didn't cause enough drama. I, <laughs> I too... <laughs> can see you not causing enough drama. <laughs> like sat in the corner yeah. and did nothing. I was like, get her off this show. Um, but the day after, so again, they take away your cell phone. You don't have access to anything. The day after that I left, that I got kicked off, however you want to say, didn't get a rose. <laughs> um, I got a call for um, a sprint cup because I had submitted right before That's I left. amazing. I had submitted all my stuff, my application, right before I left, um, not thinking anything of it. And then, literally, the day after I got bumped off the show, so got the call. So it worked out perfect because in, in, otherwise, you wouldn't have even other, seen the call. Exactly. Otherwise, That's I wouldn't amazing. have seen the call, and wouldn't have. I think I came in the following week for the first round of interviews. So, if I had stayed on the show any longer, would not yeah. have the, had the Miss Brent opportunity. So, just wow. everything works out how it should. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I just
0: thought it was crazy. I was like, I can't. I know even it's imagine so random. People this. that find out now that have
1: <laughs> become friends with me, you know, newer friends of yeah. mine are like, I. What? Like why? Like <laughs> how? First of all, they're like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, why would I? Like, yeah, not well, that it. But like, like, why am I just gonna bring like, that up hey, around the? <laughs> by the way, did you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's funny when people find out.
0: But obviously, you do not need that to date, and no. so dating and traveling is challenging, but. Yes. You've made it work.
1: I have. Um, well, while I was in the Sprint Cup, I actually didn't date really anybody. And there's
0: a lot of restrictions with there Sprint Cup and dating.
1: There are. We weren't. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm sure, you know, they date drivers or that sort of thing. But we sign a contract um, that we won't date drivers, yeah. crew chiefs, um, major media personalities in the sport. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's that for a couple of reasons. It can, it can a, get tricky. Um, first of all, you don't want that reputation. Not that it, it would be bad, but right. you know, they're, you're there to do a job right. and they're there to do a job. And so I think a lot of it is wanting to avoid those distractions and that drama of, you know, you know, if you've got a Miss Sprint Cup in victory lane, who's dating the driver that that won that day, that becomes an awkward yeah. situation. Um, and then it, it becomes a point where you don't really, you di- don't want to date them. Like right. <laughs> You see them every week and they end up being more like family than anything else. Yep. Um, so i didn 't really date anybody all, all four years of Miss sprint cup went on some dates with like people that were outside of the industry which yeah. that 's that can be difficult yeah um and now i 'm dating somebody in the industry, which works out i think perfectly yeah they it's understand a little bit the easier. schedule they
0: understand when you 're gone and it 's yeah. not as complicated, yeah they
1: understand the schedule and the industry in itself, and there 's not that like battle of
0: well you 're never home or right
1: and so it makes it a lot easier, yeah, yeah, totally makes it right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Kim, thanks again for coming. We really oh, appreciate you having the me. time. Yeah. And I'm sure we will stay up to date um, on everything that's going on with you and yes. catch you on MRN.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Again, this is my first time at GR Motorsports, and I think it's awesome.
0: Well, thank I'm glad you. that we got to have you here, and we'll show you around a little bit yes. after this. It's time now for our tip of the week, brought to you by Wella Professionals. Have you noticed your hair is feeling a bit dry or your split ends are getting worse? I know, for example, that I've been spending some time at the pool this summer and the chlorine always dries out my hair. Not ideal. But, if you've been out at the pool like me or you're fighting split ends, we have a solution for you. Try Wella Professionals At Home Deep Conditioning Treatment. The process is pretty simple. Start by washing your hair with Lux Oils Keratin Protect Shampoo. Once you rinse and remove the excess water, you can apply the deep conditioner. Now to make the deep conditioner, you mix two to three squirts of Lux Oil Reconstructive Elixir to one ounce of Lux Oil Restore Mask. Then you apply that to your hair, leave it on for five minutes, rinse, and you're good to go. You can finish by applying the Lux Oil Boost Leave-In Conditioning Spray. It's easy to continually dry out your hair over the summer, so the good news is this treatment is gentle enough to do on a weekly basis. You can purchase these or any Wella Professionals products at any of the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase them online at Ulta.com. Here's what's coming up this week on Dirty Mo' Radio. On Thursday, tune in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dales Pale Ale with Regan Smith and Heath White. And don't forget, you can always stay up to date on all of Junior's at-track press conferences by tuning in to Said Junior, presented by Nationwide. Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available free of charge 24-7 on dalejunior.com, iTunes, and all major podcasting outlets. Thanks again to Kim Coon for joining us on this week's episode of Fast Lane Family presented by Wella Professionals. Be sure to tune in next week as we catch up with Landon Castle. Best Lane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care, multi-sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio.